millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is a bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Now, as ever, let's begin by banging these bongos. Hello and welcome to bonus episode number 29 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Today I'm taking you to meet Tara Chad and Caroline Russell who are both members of the Royal Society of Sculptors. They're going to be telling us about the exhibition they're in along with round about another 30 members of the Royal Society of Sculptors called On the Edge. On the Edge is taking place at the Espasso Gallery in Bethnal Green Road, London E2, from the 14th to the 19th of March. But to tell you more of who, why, what, where and when, here is Tao Chad and Caroline Russell. This morning I'm with Tao Chad and Caroline Russell and you're going to tell us about an exhibition that's coming up called On The Edge. Okay, so the exhibition is about the world being on the edge at a time when the world is on the edge of uncertainty with climate change, war in the Ukraine, there's a lot going on. How can we respond to that as a group of artists? There's about 30 artists, most of us are from England, but we've got a couple of Ukrainian sculptors that are also joining us. And it's about all of our responses to, to the world at the moment. And you mentioned the world on the edge. What directions will, are some of the artists looking at? You mentioned about the war in Ukraine, um, the climate change. I guess some artists, for example, are taking it in a very uh, literal way and they're kind of like using different things that have happened this past uh, over the past month. But other artists are, are more speaking about the theme in a more abstract way and more about the feeling of being in the edge. For example, uh, um, the piece of uh, Denise Bryan, that's a simulation of like a mountain, is more like, a, I would say, like a landscape in the edge, but it's not necessarily uh, addressing any particular topic. So I guess we have given the freedom to keep a concept that's broad enough that anyone could respond within the group. 
but also uh, to have a direction so that we have a consistent narrative of, of what we want to communicate. You mentioned that there's around 30 artists. How many of them are from the um, Royal Society? All of them. Oh, wow, okay. It's a variety of members, by the way. We met on Zoom. It started off through the pandemic. We all had, um, mainly the London group, we were talking on Zoom, and we got to know each other through that. And that's how the exhibition started, was just us talking and what are we working on, why we're working on it, what sort of work we're making, what's going on at the moment. And from that, we quite naturally decided we wanted to exhibit together. So it's been a really lovely thing that's been going on for quite a few years of us gradually getting to know each other and working together. Um, So yeah, it's quite exciting. I love that that a common narrative has formed out of just a conversation between a couple of dozen people and slowly it cuts away until you're all talking about the the world on the edge, as it were. Where's the exhibition taking place? It's at Spacio Gallery in Bethel, 155 Bethnal Green Road, um, and it's from the 14th to the 19th of March. Good. So it's coming up really soon. The, the curatorial way we arrange pieces has been in the ground floor, we have selected the pieces that connect maybe more with the theme of the war. And then in the basement, we have selected the pieces that connect more to climate change or the climate crisis. Uh, with some pieces, we also have kind of like arrange them according to their colors or textures or forms. And uh, one of the pieces I particularly like a lot, uh, for example, is a piece of uh, Barbara Beyer that's uh, kind of like a sinking boat. Oh, yeah. I think it's it's a good um, metaphor uh, to what's going on with our world because it almost feels that we have like too much to carry on and we're kind of like uh, sinking and maybe also connects to, of course, maybe my own particular practice. But then the other pieces that, for example, in the basement that respond to the idea of um, the climate crisis and how some species are in danger of extinction. So there's one artist, for example, uh, Christy Symington, that she has a piece where she's speaking about the extinction of tigers. And one of the interesting things she discovered was that the region of Ukraine used to have tigers. So then oh, it well. also somehow connects with the, with the fact of the, the place where we have the war in Europe at the moment. There's another piece which I find quite beautiful and in a way which is Every Heart is on the Edge from Stephen Duncan. Uh, this is a bronze piece where it's, it has like three different levels and it's almost like a kind of like building in decay and you can kind of like see through it. Yeah, yeah. So it somehow interprets in a maybe more literal way of this idea of ruins. But then... Uh, for example, Sherry Gold, who has Warrior One and Two, uh, she also speaks about decay, but more from the perspective of climate change, because I guess this was a piece that was something what, that was not intentional, but she had this portrait made in cement that started like decaying from the rain. And she's oh, not nice. sure if there was acid rain at her place or if the mix of the cement was not properly done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is that you have see this face that's totally like rotten and melting, which is wow. quite um, striking. And then she got a mold of this kind of like melting face and replicated in metal. Yeah. So then you see Brilliant. one face in one stage, but then the other face is still yeah, like, yeah. Kind of like decaying. Then also we have, for example, 
pieces like the one from Bryony Marshall, which also have a maybe more uh, educative um, concept behind because she has been working with the um, children at school. And she has this, she does this kind of like casting with soil and garbage. Mm. And she's going to be doing a similar workshop on the Saturday afternoon of the exhibition. And we have other pieces uh, like Elspeth uh, Billy Penfold's piece, which is inspired in the Kipu, which is a counting system from the Andes. From um, they 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 normally say it's from the Incas, but some research say it's from older tribes than the Incas. Yeah. And um, she has been using like this methodology to organize some artworks. So she's also going to be doing an artwork on Saturday, uh, on the Saturday of the exhibition. Uh, one of, as well, of my favorite pieces is the one of um, Emma Wofenden, which is called Mother of the Soldier. Uh, it's an it's a abstract interpretation of two figures and one is stepping down on the other, but it kind of like, leaves some interpretation to whether it's either the soldier that's kind of like dying or the mother like uh, struggling because she knows she's, she's losing her son. Uh, and, um, and I guess that maybe what makes this exhibition different from others is that normally exhibitions are moments for gathering and celebration of a period of time and yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like an end of a period and a beginning of a new one because normally you exhibit something that you've been working on and it also allows you to work in something new but I guess it's difficult to think about this exhibition as a moment of celebration uh, because we've invited two artists from Ukraine and we also have a member who's uh, from Iran so in, in kind of like unsettling time and difficult times uh, we're trying to somehow portray and reflect upon why art is still important and why do we have to keep on creative. Well, you mentioned there about um, two Ukrainian artists. Um, when we spoke in person a couple of weeks ago, Ter, you mentioned that um, there was a, a missile park coming over from, from Ukraine, a Russian missile park. Is that been a part of the exhibition? Yes, so it's a really, um, I don't know if beautiful is really the word, but it's, it's a, it is a very aesthetic piece, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's a stark from, reminder of, of what's it, happening, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, and this piece is called uh, Ares Gold Smile. It's from Oles uh, Sidoruk. It has this kind of irony, because when you see it at the beginning, it is quite beautiful, but then when you know the story behind, you somehow mm. feel... Uh, quite uh, affected or moved by it and it's it's a face of um, the Greek god Ares with that in bronze that has incorporated a fragment of a um, of a Russian missile that was uh, found in the area of uh, Bucha and one of the challenges because uh, we've been speaking with uh, Boris and Oles during this whole process mm. Uh, of course, with certain limitations, because sometimes they don't have con the best connection. And also they, they, the heating system has been cut down. Sometimes they haven't found the electricity to work. So it has been quite challenging 
moving, but also I think that it's important that in these times people can keep on working. And because they're working for some commission for the military in Ukraine, they have permission to um, practice as artists. So they take as seriously their work as an artist yeah. as being in the front line. Wow. And uh, when I was speaking about this piece with Oles, I said, Oles, I, I love it, but how are we going to make it come to the UK and cross the borders? Because it's a fragment of a Russian yeah. rocket. So what are <laughs> yeah. we going to do with it? I guess the curatorial approach we have had in the team uh, has always been like being very open to accept any kind of pieces but within time, uh, resources, and space constraints. But it's all, always about being as open as possible, but trying to make it possible. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, so speaking with all as I said, well, I think that the only way this is going to come through is through um, a diplomatic bag, because I, I don't know how we're going to get the costume <laughs> permits to come that through. <laughs> And, uh, and so Oles and Boris told me, well, we actually, we do have some connection with the Lithuanian embassy, but it, maybe it's better we manage to get in contact with the Ukrainian embassy in London. And uh, of course, I've been terribly busy in the Ukrainian embassy. It's of probably course. the busiest embassy at the moment in London. Um, so they emailed them like, I don't know, it was maybe mid-December or whatever, and we were not really having many answers. And I just said to all as you, and I was trying to call and nobody was answering. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to go and knock the door and see if they answer <laughs> because I think that's the only way we were receiving an answer. And I went just cycling with my visibility jacket. So I thought, well, probably they don't receive many people with uh, visibility jackets every day. And then uh, a very kind man came out uh, named Roman and he committed to get in touch with um, Alisa, who is a cultural attache. And Alisa has been so kind because she managed to arrange the diplomatic bag. And last week, these two big crate boxes were brought to my <laughs> studio by two Ukrainians, which is quite extraordinary. And, and I, it's probably the most beautiful crates I ever seen in my life because it's just so beautifully packed. Yeah. Yeah. And they have like also like this kind of like um, uh, olive green um, stripes to hold wow. the boxes, which is somehow, uh, I don't know, it, it, it was just quite um, poetic in a way, I would say. Has the box become part of the sculpture? 
I don't think we will exhibit the boxes, but they're quite beautiful <laughs> boxes. I remember I shared the images in the in the WhatsApp chat with the whole group, and someone was saying, "Well, it is probably the most beautiful crate I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> Well, I like the fact that in this digital world where connections are made at the tap of a key, sometimes you can't beat just going knocking on somebody's door and having that personal connection. That's, that's great. What have you got in the exhibition, Caroline? Okay, so my piece is called Flying Free and it's, um, it's birds and it's the idea of migration and um, also positivity and that sort of migration and war can kind of My, migration is so relevant at the moment isn't it with with people fleeing not just ukraine there's people having to flee turkey at the moment because of the earthquake or parts of turkey there's so many nations that are migrating and we used to think animals migrating but now it's become so relevant that, that it's people migrating in mass numbers and your work reflects that, I presume. It's about freedom and being able to move. Yeah, yeah. almost like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's about people and it's of birds. And what is the material it's made of? It's it's jesmonite, so it's... it's oh, nice. Yeah, it's coloured jesmonite. So it was partly the material is also a freedom in itself. It's, mm. just, it's just made directly in jesmonite. It hasn't use foundries or anything because I wanted to try and make something that was a bit more environmentally friendly because I think bronze casting is terrible for the environment the yeah. holds and all sorts of things so it was trying to find a, a freedom in that as well so the sort of working directly in a material it's just me I'm making it on my own and there's no waste it's just the piece so that felt important for this exhibition when we were talking about the, the impact of our work on the environment and how sculpture it's not always great for the environment and yeah. you know I'm doing a lot of work in stone now as well because that feels better for, for the environment but yeah. it, it's from talking to these amazing people and these different artists getting all these ideas I think my work has actually changed a lot in the last few years brilliant these wonderful connections that we've made it's been yeah. it's been yeah it's been an amazing thing to be part of it really has well that just goes to show that that once you start talking to other people about their practice, about their thoughts, their ideas, how it emits from one person into another. And they, they all just sow the seed in, in each other's minds and, and what grows from there. What are you showing, Tao? I'm showing a piece that's called uh, Portable Hope. So it's two ceramic figures that they simulate like um, alpinist. And they're falling down and trying to grasp to a necklace. And uh, this necklace is a Victorian chain where I have incorporated elements of the Namisto. The mm. Namisto is the traditional necklace from Ukraine. Um, so the reason why I've done this is because since the war began, I've been constantly reflecting. If I have to leave my place in five minutes, what do I take? Yeah, yeah. And I probably would make a backpack with some essential things and I would carry on my jewellery and I, maybe a necklace my grandmother, who passed away last year, gave me. And I think that it's... Well, I, I do have... Um, I did train seven years as a silversmith and therefore I have a special connection with jewellery, but I do think that jewellery has a very intimate connection and it's, mm. a, it's more, most likely what people would carry from one place to another when they're migrating. Uh, but also it's something that will open you up possibilities in a new place. So it, it's, it has this kind of like 
I, I would imagine that when people have to sell these pieces, it's actually quite sad. Yeah, yeah. If I could just speak for a moment, coming away from the exhibition and to, to you two in front of me, what has been your art journey, Tao? Where, where did you grow up? Um, how did you get involved within the arts? I am from Chile, so I lived most of my life there, except a brief period where I lived in uh, Memphis in the U.S., uh, so I grew up in Santiago. Um, Santiago is a modern city, yeah. uh, but it's also a place like uh, full of contradictions because I have a, it has a strong Western influence, but you still can see things from maybe like the pre-Columbian um, tribes. So you grew you grew up with this kind of like mixed heritage where everything yeah, is yeah. possible. Like I I know this might sound very um, very stereotypical, but when you think of Latin America, I think that the best author in describing it is probably uh, the Colombian writer uh, Garcia Marquez. But I think he, because he he manages to somehow portray this kind of like surreal place where everything is possible. Um, and then uh, I do have a strong uh, English heritage because actually my, my surname is Chadwick. So I decided to come to the UK uh, seven years ago. No, six years and a half, <laughs> really. Mm -hmm. And I came to study first. So I did uh, two masters, one at Central St. Martins, one at the Royal College of Art. And since then, I've been working internationally and meeting amazing people, and especially through the Royal Society of Sculptors. And are you, a, you are a part of the Royal Society yourself now? Yes, yes, I became and, a member on 2021. Brilliant. That's a, that was a good time, right? Yeah, excellent. <laughs> I could imagine. And Caroline, what was your journey into the arts? So I've been a professional sculptor for about 30 years, um, but I didn't go to art school, I'm self-taught. So, so the, the Royal Society of Sculptors, I've been a member of that for probably about 20 years. And okay. especially recently, it's just been the most incredible support to sort of, particularly for someone who didn't go to art school. I've learned so much just from the other sculptors and, and from being around them. I feel like that's been my kind of education in a way. Yeah. And what was your introduction into art, even from a child? Did you have art in the home growing up? Yes, yeah, my uncle was an artist, my parents were. And, um, but I've always, I've always drawn and I've always just needed to express myself. I think there's sort of, I have a real need to to make stuff and to create stuff and I always have. Yes. And did it start as a hobby? I was working as a journalist actually um, yeah. yeah and I got made redundant and I had a bit of time um, and I I just did, did a, an evening class in sort of um, play, play modelling with, with a figure um, nice. unemployed at the time um, and I was in a dole office and there were these fighting <laughs> dogs. I was like, I have to get out of here. I cannot do this. Yeah. And, and then it was a sign sort of be your own boss, become self-employed. I was like, I'm going to do that. I'll do anything. I'll that do that. Sounds this. good. Yeah. And so I just became self-employed and started making stuff and selling it. And I've been doing it ever since. I've just kind of found a way to work in the way to make fun. Yeah. Great story. Great Absolutely story. Yeah, very happy. But uh, I would I like to add to what Caroline is saying. I mean, I guess most of the artists you meet, you've always been creative. So I always find it a very odd question when they ask you, like, when do you become an artist? And you're like, oh, well, actually, I think I've always been an artist because it's, it's something that comes up since your early childhood and, and there's no explanation for it. I guess you're just, in my theory, you're just born as an artist and there's, there's nothing you can do about it. 
I sort of buck that trend because I had no interest in the arts whatsoever. I'd never been a part of it. I'd never really created anything. And then I got pushed into an art class and then just fell in love with it in my mid twenties. Maybe I was always creative, who knows? Yeah, 20 odd years later, I'm, I'm still in love with it. But I guess even if you come across it, you need to have a creative soul. I, I don't think that's something you can really like develop just with classes because you need, you need to have a passion inside or a need of uh, expressing emotions. Yeah, possibly. Is there anyone who's not able to see the exhibition? How would they be able to find information online, be it website or social media? So if people cannot attend uh, to the show, I would strongly recommend them to watch a panel discussion we have uh, with uh, Artists at Risk, which is a non-profitable, uh, non-profits, excuse me, organization that uh, they're actually helping to give uh, refuge and residency to artists who are um, in war zones or in regimes where they cannot really uh, practice as artists. And in that panel, we also had present um, the two Ukrainian artists, uh, Boris Filov and Oles uh, Sidoruk. And we also had the chair of sustainability first, uh, Phil Barton. So this is in, in YouTube online. We have a link of Eventbrite that I can share with you, Gary, so that you can copy it with the podcast. But if you get both into the, um, into the website of the Royal Society of Sculptors and you check the members event, it's possible to find it. And also if you check the Instagrams of uh, the curators, you can also find it. So my Instagram is at Tere, so T-E-R-E, chat. And maybe Caroline can give her Instagram and Emma's Instagram as well. Okay. Also, we have an Instagram for the group, which is hashtag um, on the edge RSS. Um, mine is at Caroline Russell Sculpture and Emma's is at Emma Elliott Art. Super. Okay, so it's going to be at the Spasio Gallery, um, which is 159 Bethnal Green Road, London E2. And it's from the 14th to the 19th of March. Um, and we're open Tuesdays to Saturdays, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So we are going to be having like lots of uh, small events and it would be nice if people could join these events and not only the private view, where we will have uh, amazing um, Chilean wines from Arboleda Winery. Uh, but the reason why I'm inviting people for events is because we want to like open up the conversation behind the themes. So I guess yeah. the, the guided tours and the workshops are going to be a great opportunity uh, to kind of like expand this conversation and maybe like keep on developing this concept and then doing another exhibition or something else will come up. So I guess it would be great to have everyone who's interested in the topic, especially coming to the events. Brilliant. Thank you for your time. And I hope you have a a great exhibition. Thank you so much. Very good luck to you. you. See you later. Bye-bye. If you've got an exhibition or any other creative project within the arts, or even just want to promote your own artwork, you could do that in podcast form similar to the one you've just listened to. They start at a convenient price point that is comfortable for any artist working on a budget. This podcast itself is created by working artists and we know how important that is. So to find out more information, you can email us on ministryofartsorg 
at gmail.com or on Instagram at ministryofarts.org. Ta-da! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.